The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, we're going to talk about uh, the hospitals. Uh, we are joined by Priscilla Lynch, she's clinical editor of the Medical Independent. Uh, Priscilla, what are the scores and the doors, as it were, today? What are the latest trolley figures? Well, this morning, according to the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation, there were 489 patients on trolleys uh, across the country. So there is continuing uh, extreme pressure on our emergency departments. Now, obviously, last Tuesday was the record figure of 931 patients on trolleys, and obviously we don't have to want to see that figure again. But um, the presentations are continuing to be very high at our hospitals across the country. Now, I suppose the good news is the figures have come down, even though they're still at accept- unacceptable levels. And during the weekend, the HSE managed to draft in extra healthcare staff, um, not just consultants, but obviously senior nurses and laboratory staff and all the other support staff that they need to kind of to help um, discharge patients. So mm. they discharge over 400 patients uh, on Saturday compared to less than 300 last weekend. So that just shows that they can do this and that they can have a better throughput through hospitals if they really want to. Now, obviously, healthcare unions have pointed out we don't have the staffing levels to do that all the time. And there are particular contracts that healthcare workers abide by. But, you know, um, critics have pointed that surely they could have, you know, asked healthcare staff earlier to try and, you know, come in um, during the weekends and to prepare and to adequately fund it and resource this, you know, that this, you know, has actually helped. So I suppose there is, you know, there's obviously thankfulness that things have improved a bit, but there's frustration as well that it took, you know, to getting to such a level last week before there was this particular intervention. They are looking at other, you know, the, the, they've added extra GP clinics as well. Um, they're, look, they're talking to the, the private hospitals association. They are using about 148 beds presently they have been asked could they use more so the private mm. hospital association itself they would say that their members are quite busy as well and um, with their own patients and with elective surgery uh, and they are trying to continue obviously, all their conti- uh, community support and in Limerick they, uh, they have started a pilot where some patients who are medically suitable instead of being bought to Limerick um, they're being bought to Ennis um, Hospital um, in conjunction with the paramedics and the hospital staff there to try and relieve pressure on Limerick. Uh, so, so given uh, the, the relative success uh, this weekend gone uh, of asking more more people to come into work is the expectation that the same will be asked of them next weekend and the weekend after as you say I mean it's a short term thing you can't keep asking them to do this but I, I assume it'll keep going for January will it? Yeah, they're hoping at least next, next weekend and they're going to try and see at that stage. We were told last week, though, that flu has not peaked in Ireland yet uh, and that there was 1,500 patients last week in hospital with respiratory issues and that's continuing to be quite a high level there. So, you know, there is going to be quite pressure in the coming weeks still with flu, uh, particularly in the community. So uh, they are asking staff for this month to try and come in next weekend and they're going to try and see beyond that. Generally, every year we do see this huge spike in respiratory illness and other demand during the winter season, which peaks in January and kind of into February. So um, will they try and kind of continue that on? Yes, they will. But absenteeism as well among healthcare staff who are coming down with COVID and flu themselves, as well as higher than a normal levels. Usually it's about four to four and a half percent. I think it's about double at the moment. So healthcare staff are under a lot of pressure themselves already to try and cover for, you know, colleagues who are out ill and that there are shortfalls in certain hospitals. So it's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of hard work and and it's very difficult working conditions, mm. which is why nurses themselves, as we heard last week, the INMO have you know instructed their members that they're going to ballot them for potential industrial action on the overcrowding crisis, and that they're going to have meetings in the coming weeks about it. Um, I, I mean that there have long been people calling uh, for the one of the overhauls necessary in the system, Priscilla, being a shift to a kind of a seven-day working week model, pointing at the incongruity of kind of healthcare 
slowing down at weekends when people just don't get don't get less sick at weekends. I, I mean, realistically, we're we're an awful long way from that type of reform in the Irish system, aren't we? Despite the relative success of it over the weekend. Yeah, well, under Sloan to Care, you know, the healthcare policy, they do want to see an increase in weekend working and overnight working. But lots of different medical specialties will tell you that they're obviously rostered to work through the night. There is senior healthcare staff who are rostered on weekends to work. But I suppose during the week, there will always be, hospitals will always be much busier because that's when most operations take part, you know, the elective surgery and also outpatient on other appointments as well. You know, it has been a success though in previous years when we've had our record-breaking waiting list when they've asked for extra clinics on weekends. But again, mm. healthcare staff will point out you need the staffing for that and we have vacancies of about 900 in our consultant numbers which is a huge number and consistently we're shown to have the lowest numbers of consultants per head of population across the OECD in most specialties and also GP numbers as well in recent years again have come under sustained pressure with the population increase and a manpower shortage there so there is a global healthcare worker shortage but we are suffering from it particularly in Ireland and with our increased population of 5.1 million now yeah there is a disconnect there with capacity obviously in relation to beds and in all healthcare. Yeah, uh, we're often guilty when we talk about the health system of talking just about those frontline workers. If you're going to move and there's going to be a modal shift to more weekend work as well, you're going to need some sort of admin staff as well working weekend to manage Absolutely. discharges. Because that's what the doctors have pointed out. I think consultants in particular took umbrage at um, Stephen Donnelly, the health minister's remarks last week about consultants coming in. Some of them said they're already uh, coming in above and uh, beyond their hours. But you do need a range of healthcare professionals because if you are to be discharged at the weekend, perhaps you need a scan or a blood test. So you need the laboratory scientists there. You need the, you know, the radiology staff and radiographers to be there. You need supporters. You also need the community staff. So if patients are being discharged, well, you know, one thing is they're going home, but if they're going on to follow on services, are those services open, the community services at the weekend? So there's a range of other healthcare staff that we do need to be available more over the weekend to try and increase that throughput. And as we've said, just at the moment, even though the HSE has hired um, about 16,000 healthcare staff in the last three years, about 6,000 of those are doctors and nurses, but we still just are not mm. at the numbers that we need to be, according to healthcare staff. Well, as people will have heard in the news headlines here throughout the day, there have been criticisms as well that uh, the government didn't forward plan to the degree of contacting nursing homes in advance of this winter surge uh, to find out exactly what capacity was in that system and whether that capacity might be used to ease the trolley crisis. Dermot O'Dolig is the owner of Oak Lodge Nursing Home in Cork and he's with me now as well. Dermot, have you beds available? Uh, yeah, we had a survey uh, completed recently about up to 1,000 beds are available in the, in the private nursing home sector at the moment and we have a couple of beds. I'll tell you what, Dermot, we're going to get you back in a better line there. Priscilla is uh, still with me. Uh, Priscilla, uh, that, that has been the criticism today that the government didn't do more uh, in anticipation of this surge. Uh, tell me a bit more about that. Absolutely. I mean, because we do hear of this every winter, but we know it had been well flagged since the summer that we were going to face this twindemic and really it's kind of a triple threat with RSV, flu and COVID-19 because we saw what happened in Australia. We knew that trolley numbers were already very high during the summer and that it was going to come to this in January so that there should have been better preparation in place. The private nursing home sector, as Irma said there, that they have about a thousand beds available. Now, a number of nursing homes did close last year, actually, in, in particular areas. They claimed that they just it wasn't financially viable for them anymore and that a lot of them suffered from, you know, kind of they lost a lot of staff during COVID-19 to the HSE. So it has been a difficult time for the sector. There has been widespread calls among nursing homes for the, the fair deal um, scheme to be renegotiated the rates that they get um, to try and reflect the increased costs. Uh, some nursing homes have also said that they could take on more patients. They could 
make even more beds available, they could build more beds if the HSE contracted with them. And we do know that in hospitals across the country, there's over 500 delayed discharges. Um, and that's kind of a continuing figure. So these mm. are patients who are fit to be discharged, but there's nowhere for them to go. Sometimes that's for nursing homes. Sometimes that is for just community supports and home care packages. So that is something that they have done a lot within the last number of years. But again, demand keeps okay. increasing. Well, l- l- let me go back to Dermot, who's with us now. Again, Dermot O'Dolic from Oak Lodge Nursing Home in Cork. Dermot, how would you assess how this is managed the relationship between private nursing homes nursing homes like your own and the HSC in dealing with overcrowding I suppose uh, we often call on the HSC and the Department of Health to down with us in advance and to look at these on an ongoing basis but that doesn't happen so we're often disappointed and then uh, we get an email in the past couple of weeks there uh, to say do you have any beds we respond and sometimes we don't get a, get an answer to say even an acknowledgement in some cases you know so I know everyone is uh, doing their best and they're fantastic but they are, and they are under pressure but I think there's an awful lot more can be done in terms of uh, planning uh, we know that this goes on all year round and if we had a good seamless system in place uh, with a clear definition of what are delayed discharges and a plan and an execution then there's someone responsible one person you can go to rather than an email and wondering did someone get it or did they not um, now we all always have very good relationships with the discharge coordinators and try and facilitate a discharge where it's possible um, there is uh, I understand a significant uh, relaxation perhaps you could call it of the transition funding scheme which the government brought in to fully fund people in nursing homes for a short period of time um, to, I suppose, uh, vacate beds in hospital where they're fit, medically fit for discharge. Uh, and while this runs all year round, I think it's an area that uh, someone has called mm. for contract beds would be a much better way of doing it. Um, but it is, it is, I must say, welcome. Um, to yeah, help with it, it, it doesn't sound like this is kind of evidence of malfeasance or anything, just a bit of mismanagement that nobody asked you in advance. And then once the surge happens, you're asked to get in touch, you get in touch, nobody gets back on to you. I, I, I mean, is, is it different when dealing with different hospitals or different areas of the country? Is it different experience? Are there obvious point people to go to within the HSE in different regions? Tell me a bit. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem at all clear. It's primarily the hospital in, on an individual basis uh, that will look for a bed uh, for somebody who's ready for discharge. Um, there was a system in place which worked very well that every Monday morning we sent in our beds to say, look, we have two or three vacancies at the moment. And that fed into the national system was my understanding. It did seem to work a little bit better, at least in the collection of the information. I'm not sure how well it was utilised at the time, but I think that should be brought back. And I think there are a number of other uh, clear uh, so, Sorry, I don't know. When, did, when was that system got rid of? It's about two years ago. Right. I think it may be in, in response to the last uh, one of the reports there, 2018 Independent Expert Report on delayed discharges. But there are many other recommendations within that that are still not being done. And I think it's uh, it's time to ensure that they're being done and that there's a central, like you've mentioned there, um, perhaps a central place for all the hospitals in the Cork area or whichever area to send their needs into and that we feed in with one area then, such as the nursing home support scheme or the fair deal office or mm. wherever that might be. One of the disincentives uh, for families to, and I understand it's mainly elderly people are are uh, holding up 
beds at the moment and that's a feature of our healthcare service on an ongoing basis. There are about 90% of the bed blockers, if you want to call, it, call them that. But one of the reasons is they're, they're very unsure of the fair deal scheme. They're very unsure of who will pay for the nursing home. Will they get it? Will they not? And while you're in a hospital, most people know that stuff can get done and things will move forward while you're holding a bed. The minute you're gone out of there, to home or to a nursing home, you're left on your own. So I think there's room there for an improvement in support for people who take a bed in a nursing home say, we will pay for you in the nursing home until such time as we have all the supports in place that yeah. you're entitled to. Well, listen, I think we should all beware anybody who suggests that a complex problem like this has simple solutions. At the same time, you've got to pick the low-hanging fruit and that capacity in the nursing home sector, private nursing home sector, certainly sounds like low-hanging fruit to me. Uh, Dermot, thanks so many for joining us. Dermot O'Dolling is the owner of Oak Lodge Nursing Home. Before Dermot, we spoke to Priscilla Lynch. She's clinical editor of The Medical Independent. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.